1: Hello and welcome, spiritual trailblazers. I am so happy to be here with you and to have my special guest here because she has some good nuggets, guys. I can't wait for you to meet her. So as I like to begin each and every podcast, let's focus on gratitude. Let's focus on something that we can be grateful for each and every day. Because not only will it make your world magical, it will make you see that there are so many things for us to experience in the world and so much that we have to offer to people. Okay, so in a previous episode, I mentioned writing in your journal, uh, writing in the notes section of your phone. This time, I want you to talk to someone about gratitude. Talk to them about what you're grateful for. Talk to them what you like to experience. So if you have any questions or comments today, there are three ways you can let it be known. One is to send me an email at podcast at tiamariejohnson.com. You can go to my Instagram page, which is tia underscore johnson underscore. You will see an image letting you know that it's a new episode out. You cannot miss it. It will state new podcast alerts. Or if you want it to be a little bit private but you want to talk with spiritual trailblazers and other business people who are also uh, that heart-centered, want to get things done, go to my Facebook page, which is private, or group, which is Private Spiritual and Empowerment Living. So before I introduce you to our guest, I want to give you her bio because it's simply amazing. So Erica Retzler. Earned her master's degree in Organizational Dynamics from the University of Pennsylvania, receiving their Paul J. Korshin Award for Academic Excellence. She holds certifications in Organizational Leadership and Change Management, and is an accredited LIFO, hope I pronounced that right, L-I-F-O, licensed in Executive Coaching. Erica Wexler is a pragmatically optimistic change facilitator and speaker who excels at helping organizations transform their vision into practice, navigate change, and turn around cultures of crisis. Erica draws over 20 years of substantial experience spearheading new initiatives within government, business, nonprofit, and educational sectors. Her so what factor approach is also informed by her work as an inner city educator and direct behavior support provider to individuals with developmental disabilities and their families erica's background in leadership engagement has involved nationally recognized large-scale system change initiatives meeting designs, and facilitations, and develop effective communication and training approaches with a variety of stakeholder communities. You can learn more about her at ericawetzlertransforms.com, and I will put that link in the description for this episode. Erica, welcome. Thanks, Tia. I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. I'm just thrilled
0: to have been invited.
1: I am so thrilled to speak with you. I have known you for a few years now, and I know that you do great things, and I want the listeners to know about Erica Wexler Transform. So can you tell us more about what you do?
0: Sure, I would love to. You know, for as you had mentioned, for a number of years, I have really done a lot of thinking around leadership development, and a lot of my interests have come from my own past and my own journey and my own experiences especially in the areas where things didn't go so well and I've had to figure out a way to do things better. So the more I've looked at it and practiced it and studied it and thought about it, I thought, okay, so how can I take everything I've learned and experienced and studied and just really immerse myself in and take it out to help others have that same impact. So my favorite thing to get to do is to help people who are struggling with an organization to really address all those issues that pop up wherever people and processes intersect, especially in the areas of leadership and communication. Communication with themselves, communication with each other, communication with their clients in a way that helps people get a little bit of breathing energy back into their day and they get a little motivated to know what they're going to do next.
1: Mm-hmm. That is very powerful. and. I love this topic, especially because September is self-improvement month. And when you were saying, you know, how they communicate with their people and, and so forth, I feel like that's so important. And, you know, this is what this episode is all about, building effective leadership skills. So when it comes to communication, what are some of the main issues you see in your practice?
0: Well, two of the most common core challenges I see across organizations or with leaders in general are finding ways to develop, um, to support developing leaders so that they stay on board, and also finding ways to create a culture of learning. And mm. one of the things that I've really seen along that line is that by helping people within your organization, and candidly, Tia, starting with yourself, right? Start with yourself first, and then you can start with other people. And learning how to reframe mistakes as learning opportunities, I think when you do that, it's really possible to take steps toward accomplishing your individual goals, as well as accomplishing goals that benefit your organizational impact and can lead the organization's bottom line.
1: Mm, that 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 is, I feel like that's so key because especially when you said the culture of learning, that was so powerful because as you stated, it begins with you. And then we had to, as leaders, Understand that that has to trickle down to our group and let that expand. So when it comes to that culture, is it hard to get the the mindset of the people to change? Like how how does that process work out?
0: It really can be, Tia, but it doesn't have to be. I think mm. what's really interesting is that when you have a leadership position, whether it's with your personal life or within your organization, it's really important that you take responsibility for being open and non-defensive and absolutely creating a line of open communication so let me give you an example in my experience sometimes our biggest mistakes catapult us toward our greatest successes however as leaders instead of assigning blame first we should probably check in to be sure that the people who were making those mistakes were actually provided with the resources that they needed to do the task they were being asked to accomplish. So as new projects were launching, you know, being accountable to discuss strategies, identify gaps and tools and resources and skills early in the process, and then also making sure that those folks understand the importance of advocating for what they need to be really successful moving forward. I mean, one of the things as leaders that's so critical is that we let people know. Listen, come to me if you have a question. Come to me if you don't understand this. But if we don't really mean it. And you don't mean that as a leader when you're saying it, people are going to know and it's going to shut down communication. So as a leader, you have a responsibility to keep those lines of communication open and being responsive and having a lot of patience with people. Mm. Take it off the people and put it on the process. You know, when something's new and people are going through changes and they have to figure things out, they may ask the same question 10 times. And you Mm. know what? that needs to be okay, because you'd rather they come to and ask you the question and you can be responsive and say, that's fine, ask me as many times as you need to, I'd rather you ask it repeatedly and feel confident in what you're doing and that you're gonna get there at the end of the day and that you've got the tools, you've got the encouragement, you're able to wean them off of it so they can go and do and just be, knowing that they're gonna make mistakes, but that's another level of communication. That'll be the next stage of really creating that culture where mistakes can be learning opportunities. And I've got a couple ideas around that as well.
1: hmm Yeah, so, so I, I'm here where it's like patience and communication. And what I have noticed in the workplace is that, and you hit the nail right on the head with this one, is that expectation, that learning curve, like you said, they're going to ask that question 10 times, especially if it's new. So when it comes to you know, helping people with that learning curve, what are some of the crucial, uh, and I know you mentioned again, patience and communication, but what are some of the other crucial hands-down traits that leaders need to help these people in their transition?
0: That's a really terrific question to ask. One of the ways that leaders can really help folks manage those transitions is by taking the time to evaluate whether the expectations around the deliverables and timelines clearly communicated in the first place Mm. so making sure that people know how you want them to communicate with you regarding their questions their progress updates regarding deadlines regarding anything because your communication style is not going to be the same as the communication style of the people that you're leading and so the other thing to ask them is how they also want to communicate you know what's their way of communicating so there are some people on your team that are going to need you to give them very specific concrete strategies in chunks. Others who say, give me my bigger piece. I'll check in with you here and there. And then you as a leader saying, this is how I want you to communicate with me. I want it in the writing or I want it as a phone, or I want you to check in with me once a week, whatever that is, making sure they mm-hmm. understand what that is. It's going to decrease a lot of the ambiguity and frustration of people not meeting expectations. That's one of my strategies. I think, um, you know, that creating those consistent, clear expectations from the outset at the beginning, it's going to save people a lot of valuable time and money with yes. a lot of unnecessary stress for everybody. <laughs> everybody at the end of the day wants to do what they think has to do. Everybody wants to do well. Nobody right, comes right. into any activity failing. So if they're not doing well, pull over, take a pause and figure out why and assume good intentions along the way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing because when I think about it, we don't have, and we, I mean, just the, the general workforce, even business to business, I, I don't recall seeing a, here's how we expect you to, you know, perform based on this culture. It's more like, this is the boss, we expect you to do this, and then you get a new group of people who come in and maybe their form of communication is sending a a quick text via some app. Um, I think one app is called Slack and then people Mm -hmm. use that for their business. So, but then you you have people who, you know, I I needed, like you said, I needed in black and white, I need you to tell me exactly what to do. So it'd be really cool if businesses had that evaluation, sort of like when we were uh, in school and we took the, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but at the end of the quiz, your color may be orange, and your color may be red. That means you're more of a passion, you know, headstrong person, or maybe you have a blue color and you're more of a laid-back person. It'd be nice if we had also tests like that going into the workplace, so you can understand the culture better.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that. There are actually a number of organizations that do help their employees figure out things with that different kind of color coding or different pieces. There are lots of different strategies that I've come in and done trainings on that help people look at communication styles and language and influence and all those different pieces from lots of different perspectives. I think one of the things I'm always really cautious to remind organizations and the folks in organizations, link because they're all run by people. That's the one thing that's consistent across mm-hmm. any industry is that they're run by people and people get messy. And if communication were easy, you know, I'd probably be out of a job, um, and, but you know, we would, have it, we would have figured it out a long time ago. I think one of my key guides to or to folks is that there's no one way of saying, you know, you're an orange. Well, you're a blue. Well, you're a this on the Myers-Briggs. Well, you're a this on the 360. Well, you're a this on the there. I would caution against that because there's people we love to label,
1: mm.
0: but, we may be this way in one situation, but then uh, under stress, we come out completely differently and Mm -hmm. how I communicate Mm -hmm. under a time when I'm doing really well and I'm feeling rested and I'm very clear on my expectations and I'm confident with the tasks I'm being asked to do. And I've had my cup of coffee and had a chance to take a walk. is very different than when I'm being overwhelmed by tons of deadlines and three of my staff are out and this one's coming in and this one's directions coming here. And on top of that, I'm having something going on at home that no one even knows about.
1: Right. Very true. So Right.
0: So I do, one of the things I do during training is say, well, here's one way to look at people's communication. Well, here's another way of doing it. Well, here's another way of doing it. And making sure that the more ways that you have of looking at each other's communication style allows you to better respond in the situation. But again, start with yourself. Mm -hmm. What's your preferred communication style? So you're not always defaulting to it and remembering that other people's communication styles are not wrong. They're Mm -hmm. just different. And by building a team that has a huge variety, you're actually going to enhance your organizational goals overall. So it's learning how to work within those conversations so that nothing feels like one of those difficult or critical conversations where things start to get to a head. By respecting it, by understanding it, by looking at communication styles through lots of frames, and lots of, excuse me, lots of frameworks, um, and
1: approaches,
0: you end up having a little bit more understanding at the end of the day.
1: I love that. Yeah, because we have uh, listeners who are in year one, two, three in their business, and communication is an issue for them, whether it's communicating uh, the prices they want to charge, communicating uh, in a meeting, what they expect from people. So this you're giving lots of great nuggets here. Well, so you
0: brought up, you, uh, go ahead, Tia.
1: Oh, no, no, go ahead. go ahead.
0: I think you brought up a couple of really interesting perspectives just around communication on meeting and expectations and agendas. And if you get clear on what you're going to say and how you're going to communicate, then your clients, your staff are going to understand how to engage back because you take mm-hmm. that ambiguity off the table and then it makes it easier, more comfortable to be able to focus on the important concept that you're actually trying to share.
1: Absolutely. You do want it to be comfortable. You want uh, the leader to be approachable. Yeah, absolutely. You get more done. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So can you take us through the, the, so what factor? This phrase is so powerful and and I want the listeners to know about Mm -hmm. the so what factor.
0: I love that question. So one of the things that has been a true guide for me is that there has to be a so what factor at the end of any any engagement where you're going to commit time. I think the number one rule in life is don't waste people's time. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your own and don't waste other people. So that to me means if you're going to do something, whether you are exploring a new business that you could be launching or a new product, or you're going to be holding a meeting, or you're going to be thinking through who you're going to bring in as a speaker or who you're going to bring in to help you guys you know, navigate a change on the other end of the day. At the end of the day, people need to walk out of that meeting, out of that discussion, out of that training, out of that experience, knowing what they're supposed to do with it. So let's say you're in an organizational meeting and the leader is saying, I've got this vision and this is the direction we're going in, and they give you this. At the end of the day, the people who are there doing the work on the ground are like, Well, how does that tie into my day to day work? Like, what am I supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. It's really important to help people understand how what they do in their job on a day to day basis ties into the larger goals, the larger vision, and the purpose for being there. So it could be as small as having a meeting. Why am I in this meeting? And what am I supposed to do with the information at the end of it? Am I here to share information? Am I here as just a heads up? Am I here because I have to do something with it and there's a deadline in two days? Mm -hmm. Am I here because it's gonna change what I do or what my staff does? Or am I just, what is the so what factor? Why are we choosing to spend our time on this? And as leaders, when we get clear on that, and we can communicate it to other people that other people don't feel frustrated and feel that their time's been wasted. They feel like, okay, that made sense. That was a good meeting. I understand what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it goes back to, right. And you and I both, you know, have our work and our roots in a really great program at Penn. And the reason I know for me that I chose to study in the organizational dynamics program in the first place is because it was a so what factor. We didn't spend two, three years studying theory and research. We studied and really thought through, I am having a significant challenge at work and this is a real life problem that I have to solve. How do I solve this problem to actually figure out a way to do things better, to actually get the end result and the goals that we're trying to accomplish? So what does the research say? How do we do it? And once the so what factor?
1: That is just like the one-two punch. Love it. <laughs> it. It really is because, yeah, when you when you are in a meeting, it's like, okay, how long is this going to be? Why am I here? And if people know their purpose and they know the overall vision, then you could be in the meeting for 15 minutes and have it action-packed, cover a lot of things, and it feels like you've been there for an hour because you just been – on go and everyone knows their role was suspected of them the communication factor happened or you'd be in a meeting which is an hour long (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're doodling or you're checking your watch or you're discreetly checking your phone so yeah I I love that and I think it's great that you are helping businesses and by the way Erica is in Philadelphia right now but she does travel okay so (laughs) if you're in vegas somewhere we'll have them clean see there you go (laughs) (laughs) so i love that you're helping businesses that culture understand that they need to have that what factor because the moment an an employee or the moment that business to business person feels like why am i here something bad to happen, you know, like you're, you're I don't want to say setting themselves Mm -hmm. up for failure, but it's some remedies had to be put into place.
0: Well, let me give you an example, actually. So it's not even so much that, you know, you're wasting people's time, but let's think about what happens at the end of that meeting. Because what I'm really talking about here, you know, is that hot topic of employee engagement. And at the end of the day, it's actually not even so much about time management and meeting management. It's about energy management, which lends into productivity. So for example, let's say you've been in a meeting and you just sat there for half an hour to an hour. And at the end of the meeting, you have no idea what there was. There was no agenda. Nobody was prepared. You're not sure what you're supposed to do with that. And you walk out of that meeting and what do you do next? You spend the next, what, 20 minutes to half an hour talking about how bad that meeting was with everybody That's else. That's
1: true. Right? <laughs> and then, because you're already
0: in the position to be complaining about that meeting, you just keep complaining about everything else. Next thing you know, it's an hour and a half later, you're cranky, everyone else is cranky, and you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to go back to work. So your productivity, you've just lost another two hours of a workday because your motivation is down. You, have, you take a walk, you go to the coffee thing, you get frustrated, you're complaining for another hour about completely unrelated stuff, and the negativity builds on itself. So that drops productivity all because of an ineffective beaming. Now let's Amen. contradict that, right? Now let's compare that. Imagine that you're in the best meeting you've ever been in. And all that means to me is it was clear, there was an agenda, you knew why you were there, you walked out with concrete information a to-do list and it ended on time and you walk out and say that was a good meeting you are immediately going to go back and continue to build on that motivated energy you're going to go back to your desk and you're going to keep going your productivity is going up your energy is positive and you're going to end up getting a ton done off the to-do list and it's going to feel easier because nobody's going to start complaining about something after already feeling productive so the end of the day Really taking the time to think about when are you having that meeting? Who needs to be there? And honestly, Tia, my number, one, my number one advice when I run, now this is like a two hour to four hour to full day training on meetings that I'm, I'm summarizing <laughs> in about a few seconds. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, my rule is always this. If you can cancel a meeting, cancel it. Because nobody ever complains about extra time. But you mm-hmm. will drop productivity if you take people's time and you waste it by having a meeting you're not ready for. So that's you know, those are some of those considerations. Energy management and you and I live in that world of a time is critical to engagement, productivity, and the bottom line at the end of the day. In staff retention. You know, it all it's all integrated.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's really funny because yeah, you're right, it, it is all integrated and I just couldn't help but laugh. It's it's so true. It's just a <laughs> downward uh spiral. If hmm if the uh, if the meeting wasn't good, right? I I know I I want to tell like three or four people about like oh my gosh, <laughs> you know I'm texting someone like I can't believe it, you know I was in my zone <laughs> doing something and now all of a sudden blah blah blah. So yeah, I you know what? Again, great 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 points. So I want to learn a little bit more about you as an effective leader. So, hmm. what are some of the ways you you rev yourself up before you train? uh, the people.
0: Oh, what? So I really like the way that you even started this podcast around the affirmation and the gratitude. So I in the morning and before a meeting will often take a deep breath. I visualize what the outcome is at the end of that training, at the end of that meeting and at the end of that engagement. And I really picture how I want to communicate and what the outcome is where my engagement at the end of this training will help people to bring anything from the underneath surface that is, you know, impacting their progress outcomes and bring it to the surface so there's an opportunity to address it and clear it. Or, you know, today's engagement and communication is going to help strengthen relationships across the board so that everybody walks out knowing what they're going to do next. So I really think about what the outcome is and then I reverse engineer how I'm gonna help people get there. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of grounding activities. I do a lot of breathing. I take a moment to sit. I take a minute to slow down. And honestly, right before I go into something to get my own motivation up, I tend to eat really lightly and I tend to move. I'm a big dancer. So I get like to get my feet on the floor and I like to okay. dance around a little bit. I get my hips moving. You know, we, we hold a lot of energy in our bodies and we break that up and we're sitting stagnant all the time. Our creativity and our innovation decreases. So I like to move and I like to get up a little bit and I like to really think through how I'm going to connect my knowledge, my experience and my intuition. Mm. So that as things come up unexpectedly, I can shift gears as needed to meet the needs in the room and not the needs I thought they had when I came in. Because I'll tell you, Tia, it's almost never the same thing. Mm. I do all my planning and I think about what I'm going to do and I talk to all the people I can. But at the end of the day, the people in the room are going to tell me what it is they really want and really need. And it's my responsibility to fix things around, flow through it so that we hit the end goal But everybody in that room walks away with one idea, one question, or one expectation that's been met, so that they deem it not a waste of their time either. So for myself, to get back to your question, what I do for myself and my self-development, breathing, clarity, as much preparation as possible, and a reminder to stay flexible and listen more Mm -hmm. than I Mm speak.
1: Yes. Yes, all, all very yes, wonderful. I, I love that because that is being an effective leader, right? We have mm-hmm. to have that clear vision, and you've been, you know, talking about that throughout this episode. Just like you know, communication, have clear communication. <laughs> and it's funny because it's just like it has to be ingrained in people's mind, you know, for it to take full effect. And I just love how you just focus on breathing because. You know, if if we're in the meeting or even prepping for it and we're not taking deep breaths, we're taking short, tight breaths, then we're not comfortable. You know, so how can we help people if we're not comfortable? We don't have a clear vision. And, yeah, I, I love it. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then building the body language. Like if I find myself kind of scrunched over and hunched and everything's tight, I take a deep breath. I sit back. I open up. It just, you know, put the feet on the floor and just take a minute because that body language also impacts the energy and other people pick up on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really being cognizant and aware of how we're coming across to other people and taking a minute to stop and soften it or strengthen it depending on what's needed at that moment. But being mm-hmm. self-aware and purposeful so that at the end of the day, the folks around us feel heard we feel like we've gotten the best ideas that we can from other people and we're clear on the decisions that we need to make as leaders because at the end of the day we're the ones who have to often make that decision and other people may or may not like it right but we still need to be in that position to know that that's our role we've listened and we can then explain why we've done it why we haven't done it in a way that people always feel that they have been a part of as much of
1: the process as we can include them in Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, you know, it's just uh, we had to be comfortable with w- what we're doing, even if we are stepping outside of our comfort zone. And like you're saying, some people won't like it, and we had to be okay with that. You know, being an, an effective leader has to do with not being popular sometimes. <laughs> you know, like you rather do – yeah, the right thing, and and the people will see that, you know, you're there to help them. As you were saying earlier, no one wants to do bad at work. You know, it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, how can we communicate? How can I work Mm -hmm. on my patients, et cetera?
0: And if we put it on the process and not on the people, it makes a big difference. So, a lot of times we have to make decisions as leaders that, are not gonna be popular. But a lot of times those decisions are out of our control or tied to the better good of the direction the organization is going in. And so sharing that, being clear on that and explaining it's not a personal thing and being able to navigate change and moving in different directions by staying clear on why we're doing things, what the goal is, what we're moving for and helping other people get comfortable with change. You know, it's the one thing we can count on things are going to change, and people really hate change. I hate change unless I'm the one in charge of it. So that's pretty ironic. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I had a little bit of a connection because, you know, I mean, I still haven't gotten over the fact that they put blue M&Ms in and got rid of the light brown ones. Like, I'm still having a thing over that. Like, I still don't (laughs) get why that was necessary. We don't like change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we rarely get a chance to influence the direction things are going on in a way that it's always going to turn out exactly the way that we would
1: want it to. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I'm good. Go ahead.
1: So I I had to ask you because I know it's not easy to, you know, speak with people on these subjects. Are you an introvert, an extrovert, or an (laughs) omivert?
0: I am... So here's an interesting fun fact that I figured out recently about me. I am an extrovert, very much so, who spends a huge amount of my time by myself at home in a lot of quiet, which is really interesting. So for me, I am incredibly extroverted. I get energy from other people. I get energy from having conversations with people. And I get a lot of energy by even, I could just be walking down a street festival. But the thing is, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I just like being in the atmosphere. Mm. So I definitely get my energy by being around people, and engaging with people, and feeding off of that. However, I am completely surrounded by my entire inner circle, by introverts. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people who I tend to click with as I'm training or that I'm working with are very much on more of an introverted piece. Because for me, being surrounded by introverts, my goal is always to help other people have a voice. Mm. I never have a problem getting a seat at the table or being heard. It's never been a challenge for me. I have had to fight for my seat at some tables, you know, and make sure that I felt like I was really getting my seat where I needed to. But being seen and being heard has never been a challenge for me. For a lot of folks around me, however, they get talked over, they need more time to think about what they're going to say, they might be processing things differently, they're not comfortable with just jumping in or saying things in a group. So I spend a lot of my time facilitating or with an organization providing safe containers for them to use their voice and what I love about that is because that allows me to stay quieter. So it brings out sides of me that I respect a lot. As well so I'm not always one filling the air time so I would nice. be extroverted with a huge appreciation for the introverts that make me a better version of me and nice. uh, that's actually yeah that's actually gonna be a threat of my upcoming leadership roundtable because I it's such it's just such a personal interest of mine to make sure that everybody feels heard because otherwise the some of the best ideas get missed because the communication styles different mm-hmm
1: yeah, that's that's pretty interesting because I, I have found that a lot of people who speak tend to be actually introverts, and they'll just say, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I'm an introvert," and it just it blows my mind. I'm like, "Wait a minute!" But you were on stage, and and so that's pretty cool that you're like, "Yeah, I'm an extrovert, but I'm surrounded <laughs> by introverts." Yeah, I never heard of it yeah, of a situation like that. So that's that's a different spin on it. and I can totally, you know, get that. That's really really yeah i like that that's very interesting so you have an event coming up on the 25th of october right i do it is
0: yeah it is the second in a series of leadership roundtables that i'm hosting and as i said at the very beginning when you asked me my why you know why is it that i'm doing this Mm -hmm. and i talked about the fact that i love helping people get connected to ideas and questions in each other so that when I leave the room, the energy stays with them and they've got some new things to go back and take into their own world. So I'm running a leadership roundtable. It is an interactive networking event that is great for introverts or extroverts. I do things a little differently where it's not one of those things where you come in and you have to like, Pull out your business card and shake your hand and say, Hi, what do you do? Oh my gosh, I find that, I find that draining and I'm an extrovert, right? I'm really yes. comfortable walking up to groups, but it's so uncomfortable. It so, is. Oh, I just, I just can't even, I cannot possibly put other people in any of that situation because I don't want to be there. So, the leadership roundtable that I'm hosting, I'm pretty excited. It's the second in the series and we're going to be talking about how organizations can help foster leadership at all levels of the organization around the employee engagement component. And also really thinking about that topic of disruption. You know, how can we really disrupt the current thinking around leadership and how can we start hitting a bit of disruption and doing things differently? Because if you want a different outcome, you can't keep doing the same thing. You gotta think about things and do things a little differently, even if it's small. So I have a great lineup of panelists who I'm very excited about. We're gonna be talking to some HR directors as well as some community leaders here in Philadelphia, people who are running organizations, people who are entrepreneurs, people who are in HR within different fields, who are gonna be on a panel sharing their expertise. But at the same time, it's not just about coming and hearing the panel, and asking them questions and hearing their perspectives on things like introversion and that millennial perspective and HR and vacations and all the other components of what's happening with diversity. We're also going to be having a chance for the people who come to engage with each other in a really warm, connected, non-pressured way. A little bit of fun and maybe a little bit of vegetarian sushi to have a little (laughs) bit of flash at the end of the night. To walk out at the end of the day with new connections, new ideas for themselves, new connections to each other, and really thinking about leadership in ways that a little bit constructive and a little bit different. October yeah. 25th, WeWork. So it's really cool. I mean, I've been working with WeWork. It's a shared workspace downtown, and you guys can find more information by saying connect with me on that. It's open. Um, the registration will be opening shortly. There are advanced tickets required for that event, but um, it's not open quite yet. I just put the save of the date out this week and registration will be opening shortly. So if people want to learn more about it, I think you shared my website in the beginning, which is ericawexlertransforms.com. You can shoot me an email at, erica, at ericawexlertransforms.com. Find me on LinkedIn. It's erica Weckler, Facilitator. My Facebook page is Erica Search Transform And I think, Kay you're gonna be sharing some of the information about it as well. But I would love to yep. have some of your listeners come. My biggest thing is that the event isn't really about me. And yeah, my panelists are phenomenal and have some incredible experiences and riches to share. What makes these events so amazing is the quality of the people who show up. Mm-hmm. The questions, the engagement, the involvement, is. Phenomenal. I would love to see some some of your community coming in as well.
1: Yes, I will definitely be uh, sharing that on Facebook and, um, and even on Instagram. So, yeah, I can totally do that. And I would love to see people come out there because, uh, as Erica was saying earlier, just being in that energy, you know, like just <laughs> immersing yourself and then talking to people, that's just as healthy as walking up and introducing yourself. Some people do it differently, and Erica was talking about that as well, just, you know, how do you communicate? Well, when you go to this event, figure out how would you like to communicate with people? Are you going to walk up? Hello, my name is so-and-so. What brings you here? Or are you going to check out the room first and maybe you'll have your wingman <laughs> or woman with you who's a little or, bit more or you. <laughs>
0: maybe I'll have a, a facilitated activity that takes all that pressure off and you'll have a little Ooh. fun game to play that allows you to talk to other people about some stuff that's fun maybe Ooh.
1: just maybe that hmm. might be how it kicks off stroking mm-hmm. my chin even though they can't <laughs> see it <laughs> hmm, hmm. No, but that that is really cool, you know, especially you know having the panelists there, you know, the people talking and and having uh you know the the maybe uh you know events to help with that. It's it's (laughs) so refreshing because I've been to those networking events. Hello, my name is John. Here's my business card. I do this. OK, thank you. And it's like, wait a minute. We need to get a chance to talk about me. That's great. <laughs> So, yeah, come out, you know, learn from people who've been there, done that, still doing great things, you know, it's it'll help you with your learning curve. I know that's great for people, not a shortcut. But it'll help you to, you know, get to where you want to be. It's great to be around mindful people. So, you know, mm-hmm. come on out. Again, in Philadelphia, We work October 25th. I will put this information in the description for this episode. So
0: no Perfect. worries. If
1: you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't get the website. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't spell her name. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. It's all covered. We got you covered. <laughs> Thanks, Tia. Yeah, no problem. So any final words for the listeners? I would say
0: that as you are developing your own leadership style and the leadership style of others to continue to, every day, make a conscious, purposeful decision to lead with strength and flow and not with force. Mm -hmm. It's going to really help you support those around you Support yourself and at the end of the day, get closer and closer and closer to the goals that you're achieving and aiming for.
1: Amazing. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming in and dropping some nuggets on us. We really, really appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. I love your podcast. I mean, uh,
1: thank you. Thank you. And I, I love talking with you even when it's not business. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I fun. Would be- Excited to like. Okay, I'm gonna learn. So, <laughs> thank you so so much. Uh, you know, people. I, again, you know, hit hit the rewind button. Take some notes. You know, sometimes things sink in the second time around. So you can listen to this episode as often as you like. All right. Don't forget to follow, uh, leave a review, share with your friends. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings and practice on those leadership skills. All right.
0: Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.
1: Think ahead and stop by Advanced Auto Parts before changing your oil. Our
0: freedom to choose oil change bundles include five quarts of Castrol Edge, Pennzoil Platinum or Valvoline Full Synthetic Motor Oil, and any Purolator Boss Oil Filter for only $32.99. Now through August 29th, score a pair of Ken Block Hoonigan Racing Socks in store for free instantly when you purchase any five quarts of Pennzoil Motor Oil. Think ahead.
1: Think advanced. Advanced Auto Parts. While supplies last, see store for details.